Hello, listener. Welcome to Marching In, a dedicated Southampton FC podcast hosted by me, Luke Innes, and Sam Apperton. Music comes from Lawrence Norton. If you want to stay up to date with the pod and find out about future guests and upcoming episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Marching In Pod. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode two of the new season of the Marching In podcast. It is me, Luke, and I am delighted to be joined by, of course, the one, the only, Sam Appleton. Hey, mate, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Things were, were po- probably going to be slightly bleaker on this podcast at around 70 minutes on Saturday. Which we might as well just get straight into it, Sammy. We've got quite a few things to talk about within today's pod. 2-2 with Leeds. We salvaged a point. Come on, let's unpack it. It feels like a bit of a stay of execution. I mean, I remember, I mean, it's nowhere near as bad as what it was at that time. But four years ago under Pellegrino, we kept seem to have these results that just... Had him clinging on. I think we drew Spurs one away at West Brom. Maybe won a couple of cup games. They just seemed to keep him hanging on. It just felt like Saturday was almost one of those. I mean, I know that people said, oh, yeah, great. You change of formation. He did really well to do that. But glaringly obvious from five minutes into the game that it just wasn't working. I mean, I could have told him that probably at Spurs, but. I don't get the whole, I mean, I don't want to, I'm going to dive straight into the system because our defenders aren't very good. So, so we're having to, so what we're doing is we're playing more with them. Which I, don't, I, don't, I just don't get the logic behind it. I know, I know we're sort of down to the, the bare bones of it in terms of fullbacks. So Gineppo's having to, having to play there. I thought he did okay on Saturday, but that was going forward. I still think he got exposed defensively quite a lot. Harrison's a really good player. He's getting to score quite a few decent formats in the Premier League. But yeah, it's gaping holes like that, despite a bit of a summer rebuild that leaves the team exposed. But I don't think Ralph helps in terms of what he does for the team. I mean, I think I messaged you when the team was out on Saturday and quite a lot of baffling selections. I mean, any new C for, for a Rebo just confused me massively. Mm. I know he got a few goals last season in the UC, but I don't see what he offers, especially in terms of Ariba, who is quite dynamic and attacking, which we need at home against a side against a side like Leeds. The defence was, I mean, I'm glad to see Bella Kotchap play. I thought he did, I thought he did quite well. Yeah. No complaints about him, really. Bednarek, Bednarek was Bednarek. I just don't see what that man has to do to be dropped. I mean, I know he looked. I heard, I didn't see it, but I heard rumours he was quite, he looked quite pissed off with being, with being subbed off. I mean, I was quite pissed off that he was selected in the first place. So, you know. <laughs> all in all, good to come back, but it just feels like a bit, A, a missed opportunity and B, a bit of a stay Yeah. So point one in my notes to talk about is Ralph. 
And instead of kind of going through the games one by one, it probably makes sense to just bundle that into one conversation about what we've seen in the first couple of games. And it's very much linked to the system. But it also, for me, is it's felt a bit like we're still testing stuff out. And many Saints fans have commented on this, that Ralph doesn't really know his best system or best 11. But I think against Spurs, it felt like we were, yeah, I mean, the changes that were made halfway through the game did just feel like, let's see how these boys get on in a system that ultimately we're not used to and not competitive in. We really weren't competitive against Spurs. And for, I think, as I said, for 70 minutes, we looked really, really poor against Leeds. We weren't creating much. It was a relatively even game, but it just didn't feel like we were going to get anything back from that game in the system that Ralph has persisted with in the opening two matches. And point number two on the notes is around the new signings. You mentioned Joe Rebo starting. And I think we commented on this last week that we know what Elianusi offers. If you are genuinely trying to figure out what should be our starting 11, we have to be playing players like Joe Rebo and now potentially Sekumara as well. Like those are the players that change the game and credit to Adam Armstrong as well when he came on. And we went back to a system that I think Ralph said in the post-match comments that it's in the player's DNA to play this way. Well, why on earth have we spent all pre-season trying to change that when ultimately we need to be picking up points from day one? Yeah, he's clearly done it to try and sort our defence out. And we've let in six goals in our first two games against I mean, Spurs are a good side. They're a really good side. Leeds, not so much. Leeds are the sort of team that would probably come April, May, going to be there or thereabouts with us. And yeah, we've let two goals in against a side that lost their main striker midway through the first half. And it's just lapses of concentration again. If, to concede a goal like that 30 seconds into the second half, it's just. It was a joke. It's pathetic. I mean, the amount of time, it just feels like rinse and repeat the last few years I've been in some areas that started second half so slowly I don't know what we what Ralph says to them at half time whether it's just like like I said a concentration thing but you can't come out of the second half like that and I mean Rodrigo I mean it's just, he finishes it well but he's just got such an easy easy task but it's a decent ball in and then Federer's nowhere and he's got an easy finish and then Second goal was ridiculous. They were trying that same header in the corners the entire game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it works. And yeah, it's just the same old errors and the same old the same old individuals make making them. And players just don't the the manager doesn't seem to grasp the, the players that he keeps picking aren't, aren't learning and. Do you think that is, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think throughout Ralph's time, those who are in the Ralph in camp versus the Ralph out camp, there's been this debate around, is it the players or is it Ralph? And I think it's clear that we've needed improvements in that 11, but he just can't coach a defence it feels like. And I appreciate people will hark back to 
certain results we've had. But I think in our last 15 Premier League matches, we've shipped 40 goals. Like it's, it, it is just unacceptable. And it felt so easy for Spurs to score the four that they did last week. And better teams than Leeds would have put us to the sword much more than two on Saturday. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, we spent the last podcast talking about Spurs' strengths and Son and Kane, isn't it? They scored four goals against us. Um, Son and Kane pretty much anonymous. I think Son got an assist. Kane was anonymous in the game. Yeah, Son assisted Dyer's goal, didn't he? And he's just got players. I mean, Kuda Sessions a good player, fair enough. But yeah, it was just... I mean, that stat, about 40 goals in 15 games, if that goes over a full season, that sort of ratio of goals... You're pushing on 100. You're pushing on 100 goals. Yeah, which is ridiculous. It's, it's looking, looking towards like a record record amount of goals conceded. And um, yeah, he needs to set on about, understand he's got four backs out, but we need they should have rectified that during the summer. We've, we've got to the point, we should never ever have got to the point where Musa Gineppo is starting the season in that, any team in the Premier League. Let alone, I mean, but there we are. It's happened two games in a row. Yes, he showed glimpses of the attacking sense, as I said the other day, but it's just not the answer. I mean, some people said, I'll oh, put Jan Valery right, right wing back and put Cole Walker Peters at left wing back. Uh, just, it's just two, two wrongs making a right, isn't it? You're just bringing in yeah. one player who we know isn't good enough for another player who we know isn't good enough. It's just like, yeah, yeah. The selections are like it's players that we know. Like, the new signs, we don't really know what they can do. I mean, Rebo's obviously shown signs in pre-season. But um, like Belicotcha opened out of the season. We know what Jan Vanderbilt can do. We know what Jack Stevens can do. What does Ralph do? He picks Jan Vanderbilt right centre-back. done okay there at times, but we know he has lapses of concentration. We know he isn't a Premier He's not a Premier League centre-back. What does he do at half? I mean, at Spurs, I went for a beer at half-time, missed the first five minutes, the second half, went back to my seat. And I was looking around, I was like, what's he done here? Jack Stevens is on Vihan Valerie. It's just like, we know what Jack Stevens is. Yeah, we know yeah. What, why is Bella Conchap not playing? No. And then it's the same thing with, then another look around and Adam Armstrong's gone off and be playing, and all of a sudden we're playing with no striker, the two one down. I mean, you can't legislate, I mean, I have sympathy for him, that you can't legislate for errors like Silesia. I mean, that was just like one of the weirdest own goals there was. But he just makes, laughable. Just yeah. on that, Sam, it just felt like, I mean, it, you, you, you've seen things happen. You feel like as a Saints fan like that before, but he had so much time. There's like a shred of composure. He could have taken a touch. Mm. Why? It's so awkward for him to go at that with his left foot. It, it, I mean, it was just like, well, you knew it was game over at that point. And actually... We were probably having our best spell of about five to ten minutes in the game. Even when we went one nil up, it never looked like we were going to get anything from the game. Which, and I, and I mentioned this to a friend of mine about going into Saturday's game. The results have been dreadful in the last 13, 14 matches pre-Saturday, but also the performances have been really bad as well. Even the games where we picked up points, we've been second best. The Arsenal game, we were fortunate to win. The points at Brighton and Leeds, I think, relatively fortunate to come away with anything. Like that, that's where you can see so many people losing faith in Ralph because even 
for a team with our you know our budget our resources we for a lot of periods under Ralph we've looked relatively competitive and like we could challenge in most games there's been high profile defeats I know that but I don't feel like the performances have ever been as bad as the last yeah 10 to 15 matches yeah I mean you can have bad runs of form it seems like us will have bad runs of form but it's the way like you said is how the performances performances are on that run there's been nothing that suggested that we're going to have anything we're going to all of a sudden turn it around and start showing signs like we did in January, February time when we were playing, playing at our highest level that we had been for a long time. There's no sign of that whatsoever. I mean, it may, I mean, this team is weird, it flips, it, it can do that. But in, from what I'm looking at, there's just no sign of it whatsoever that we're going to pick up any, any sort of form. And fixture list doesn't really help that. I mean, I know we'll get on to the Leicester game later, but. That's almost, again, it's almost like an opportunity now. And so is United. Because other than that, I can't see where our wins are going to come. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think we've gone through nicely, bit of Ralph, bit on the system and made our feelings known there. If we hopefully can move into some positives from at least Saturday, and I think, you know, last week as well with Romeo Lavia's performance, our new signings, do look like an improvement on what we've had. I think in terms of recruitment, all Saints fans should be excited about what we've brought in. Yeah, I mean, Lavia was excellent at Spurs. He was, I mean, did he have the highest pass success rate in the mm-hmm. entire league? Which is, God, I mean, I know it's great. We, I mean, it's not exactly a medal, is it? But it's, uh, <laughs> Maybe it's something it's, to cling on to. Yeah, There's a combination though, actually. Yeah. There's a combination of his performance against Spurs and I don't like watching it. I knew he was having a good game, but then it's, uh, it's not all like the passes were sideways. Like he's just got that ability to spot things ahead of him, which ultimately I don't really think JWP or Romeo have in that late, deeper position. Like his passing was just exquisite. And he, again, I saw this, you, you would have seen this live, I guess, in terms of both games, but, his speed over the first few yards as well to get to the ball and nip in. Like he, he's just been so impressive. But Saturday, I think, showed, well, we've got every right to be excited about all of the new signings that played. Do you think, um, I mean, in two games, but do you think his signing almost signals that Romeo probably won't get a new contract? It may go at the end of the season. It's an interesting one because I saw some comments. I don't know if he made it to... Spanish newspaper just on like how much he loves life at Saints and how they've given him the chance in the Premier League and potentially he's getting to a period in his career where he makes a decision on does he want to continue to play week in week out or is he happy being that squad player because it's also an interesting one when Hoiberg was still here Romeo was that sort of bit part player he was that player that actually would not play you know, even 50% of Premier League minutes. Same so when, he came in, when he came in as well, I mean, when the armour was still yeah. here, with Stephen Davis, obviously Will Prowse, and players like that, Jordi Carsley, he wasn't, wasn't even near regular when he first came in either. Yeah, I think it would be a shame if he didn't sign a new contract from my perspective in that as a squad player, I think Romeo would, would, is a good person to have within that, you know, 20 to 25 man squad. I would prefer him not to be starting 
And if we can improve that midfield even more potentially before the window's over, then I think that's a much better step in the right direction. Yeah, like you said, about the other new signs. I mean, I thought about a contract looked good. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's it probably standout moment of that game was that run where he, I mean, that shot he had. And it's a lot closer than I thought it was at the time. Yeah, yeah. Melier, Melier was nowhere near it. He absolutely spanked it. Yeah, and then, I mean, to bring the ball out like that, it looks really exciting. I mean, he's so young. He's obviously quite a strong guy. He's, he's a big presence at the back. I mean, he's not over yeah. at all, but he's a massive presence back there. If he can get a... said about the system already, but we do start playing a four at the back and sort of make him and Salisa a partnership. It's quite it's quite an exciting one. I mean, I know it's two very young centre-halves, but they're going to make mistakes, but... I think the ceiling of them both is probably worth the gamble. And yeah. um, it was great to see Arriba come on and score. He took it really well. I thought, I thought he'd taken too long. But no, he didn't Same. really well to take it around Melier and finish like that. And I mean, I think we've already had a sister of the season. I mean, second Lara's ball to Walker Peters. I mean, what a, what a pass that is. I just cannot believe how good that ball was. And it... It feels like so long before we've had a player that would even like attempt something like that. I think we'll, was we'll it? Coach out. We'll coach out. We'll yeah, exactly. Ralph will tell him he shouldn't have played that pass, <laughs> and there was a simpler five-yard pass to his right, and we would have recycled the ball or something. I think it might be Michael Richards on match of the day, but like you, you do expect players in that position to play a safer ball, and just to see it, the execution on it, like it, it, it just. Everything about it was just perfect, and the fact that Harrison like slides, but then I think is probably worried about bringing Walker Peters down due to the weight on the pass. It's so good, it like tempts him in almost. Um, it's a great finish as well by KWP, who again is just one of our standout players whenever it, he plays. I also, I know we've had the rumors recently about him going. I thought the celebration was quite telling that the badges, I mean. I know we've had players before kiss the badge and smell the badge, but <laughs> almost felt quite telling that there's been rumours about him going and then he's doing he's doing that to, to celebrate. So, yeah, yeah. And he, I think his comments after the game as well on how well the new signings have bed in and almost probably a maybe a thinly veiled comment to Ralph about that we sort of need to be playing these players when they can do what they did. Aribo looks so threatening and think it had one of the better chances that we created at Spurs and it was not a bad save from Lloris to make it 4-2 I think it would have been but he just looks that he looks like he's got that that ability to do something unexpected as does Sekumara I mean you know he he was constantly sort of looked threatening and there was that shot that forced a decent save from Melier I mean it's a save you expect him to make but like that in a nutshell, you know, in those kind of 20 minutes was was the quality that we signed in someone like Sekumara. And this is kind of an interesting one where I wanted to get your thoughts on. We obviously went to our standard system of four at the back, the two in central midfield. And then, I mean, we basically had four up front. It wasn't even like that 2-2 two, two distinction that we normally make with Ralph. And we, we did go a lot more direct, but those four looked so good and it was a hot day I appreciate Leeds were probably tiring but there was only one side that looked like they were going to win it for those last kind of 15 minutes and and that was us and fair enough we went back to the system that we know but the impact of those players effectively got Ralph out of a hole like I think if we lose that game then 
you know, the dagger's already out, but it, it becomes much harder to see a way forward for him with this with this persistence on a bad system and not integrating our our new signings and ultimately what feel like our best players. Yeah, there was certainly discontent where I was in the northern stand. There was a few chances in the morning, stuff like that. I don't know what you're doing, etc. If we had lost lost that game, I think that the full time reaction would have been quite vociferous. It would have been like not would have been very nice. I mean, as much as I'm probably in the Ralph Out camp, I don't like that sort of like reaction in the stadium. It's not good for the players. It's not good. Especially when we're going to be in a battle this season, we sort of need to be on the side with them. And, um, yeah, it's just it was good to see, a, like you said with, with Mara, like someone who takes risks. It's very rare. Like, I mean, our forward players, Red, the amount of times Redman over the years, I, I, I actually actually Redman's okay. I think he probably could do. He seems to have made it on the way out in the squad on Saturday, but just doesn't take risks, Redmond. He, Quite often he, sh- he should run at a defender and, d- and he doesn't. Whereas Mara, I mean, that shot was a bit was almost a risky one from that sort of that range. No one else is really trying that. I don't think in our team. The pass, obviously, as we said before, is something that I bet none of our team will play. I mean, I can't even very rare I even sort of do Santalic make a pass as good as that. And it's that yeah. good. I mean, it may be a, it may be a one off. I mean, I don't think I don't think it is. He's clearly a very talented player, but. Yeah, it was something to get excited about in a game that was slipping away massively. And credit to the other, like Adam Armstrong as well, when he came on, I thought he did well. Obviously, I don't know if that was that an assist. Did that count as an assist for Maribo's goals? Which was I think so. Time. I don't think Mara. I mean, Mara, I think, tries to control it, basically, but doesn't. And then it goes to Ariba. Ariba, I mean, I think my, my feeling is exactly like yours, that he overdone it. Um, he actually puts the ball through Messier's legs. I, I said this on Twitter, but there's an angle of it where Messier's like, one of his legs is on the floor. <laughs> I don't know how the ball ends up going through his legs. Like it doesn't actually look possible. I think he gets a little bit lucky with it. But again, just that composure to not rush that. And for all Adam Armstrong's sort of positive moments, I think he, he has a tendency to, in those situations, really snatch at chances. And I was thinking this about Mara and Ariba in particular. And even Lavia, but they're not kind of burdened by the, you know, Saints fans getting on their back needlessly, like potentially, you know, the Redmonds, the Gineppos, your Walcotts. That I think fundamentally they're better players than all of those. But it's kind of exciting just to see players come into the league and ultimately try to shape what could be a new, very exciting Saints team built around players that do take risks and do excite fans because it's been so long since we've had yeah quality attacking players who kind of get you off your seat and you're excited to watch yeah i mean also i was, I was impressed with Pizzuna at the weekend i mean neither goal was his fault he made some very very good saves. So made made a really good one for dan, dan james in the first half yeah 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 it was yeah. and he just looked very composed in the way he came off his line and stuff like that and just, I know it's, it's going to be tough for him coming in, especially with an unsettled defence. He's not, it would really help. He could, say he came in last season when we had a settled defence. He is, and then the next lead to Perot at that point when we were playing our best football. Whereas he's coming now where we bring in new players and players out injured, it's not going to be easy for him. But no, he, look, he looks very, very impressive. And, uh, yeah. 
sort of hope we, even in the cup game next week, I sort of hope he stays in the team just to keep up that continuity and get used to the players. But I'm too sure. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think he's been excellent. It's kind of funny that we've conceded six in two, but he's come out of it looking pretty impressive. And yeah, the save from James is is so good. And it's, I mean, we've spoken about this many times, but just feeling that confidence in a keeper and just the way he handles himself, how quick he is off his line, claiming things, and also just making saves that ultimately I, I feel like potentially both Forster and McCarthy wouldn't have made. Um, so, yeah, there is that. We'll, we'll kind of maybe come on to some rumours now, which makes sense to, to do, given we've got a couple of weeks left of the transfer window. There is a rumour that United might be in for Alex McCarthy. Have you seen that? Yeah, they're obviously after a number two, aren't they? With, um, I mean, I don't really get... I think they should have moved on from De Gea a while ago. I think he's almost... Yeah. Like, that's not a main hope of us, they should have moved on from a while ago. They should have <laughs> Henderson's obviously gone out on land Forest. Looked good yesterday. They need a new number two. McCarthy would probably be fairly cheap. Not... They don't want to outlay too much for a backup goalkeeper. It would obviously be a good move for him, although... Looking at United at the moment, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, if we if we can get, he's obviously one of our highest paid players, and we've got, I mean, we've got enough goal to stand. So if he gets that move, then great. I mean, it'd probably be good for all parties. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. We signed, we signed, I mean, permanently, obviously Caballero, but we signed three goalkeepers, including him, in the summer. Um, and it maybe it might feel like. I don't know, longer term we'll need one more, but I'm just really pleased that Bazuno, Bazunu is number one. Like that that was a slight concern of mine going into the season that we, Ralph might play it slightly safe, for want of a better word, in those first few games just to ease him in. But he's clearly the better keeper and clearly you know, destined to be one of the better goalkeepers, I think, in the league in the short to medium term. Didn't notice at the start of the game, the stadium announcer announced the team and actually actually named it, named Bazuna as number one. I heard one, that as well. Yeah. I, I I thought potentially I missed the 30, and he just said um but he just said number one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um nice mate. Well we can uh we can move into a few other things. Some stories that have cropped up and yeah, more more transfer rumors. The Shea Adams one won't go away. What are your thoughts on this? It's a funny one, isn't it? Like, you know, I just don't think Ralph really fancies him. I know you're a big fan of Adams, but I know that he's obviously got two years, I guess he's got two years left in his contract. No real signing, signing a new one. So it's probably at the point now where if, if he is going to be moved on, now probably is the time. And if, we, if it was to help us get to... Maybe one, maybe one top quality striker in. I don't mean obviously top quality is relative to us, but maybe maybe one other. We, we wouldn't be too annoyed with it, but it would be a shame. He's, he's probably our best striker as it stands, but it's very much wait wait to judge on what we do in the rest of the window. I maybe can't see him being let go until we bring one, one more in, but it does seem like there's a lot of clubs in for him. And if... There's no sign of him, no sign of that progressing, and I don't think those clubs would be interested. I think they probably know that. Yeah, no yeah. Chance of him going. 
I think that's right. And we might touch on the fans forum before we wrap up today, but it seemed like even then and then in Ralph's pre-match press conference, effectively all parties ruled out a loan move for him. <laughs> uh, it was very kind of coded language that was used around specifically not a loan. But I feel like the club is open to moving him on. And you're right, I'm a fan of, of Shea. But, you know, the, the, these things happen and players move on. And ultimately, like, is he is he good enough to propel us up the league, potentially with the right players around him? But do we know what we're getting from him? The amount of easy chance he misses is so frustrating. Then he, then he comes out of the world like he did against Sheffield United or Man City. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. very frustrating. He, I think the thing that, potentially baffled me about his lack of any inclusion against Spurs is you saw against Leeds just how he can get the ball down in positions that I don't think many of our other strikers can when it's just lumped up to him. And he did it a few times against Leeds and including for KWP's goal. You know, it really comes from him. It's just a, I think it might be Pizzuno who just launches it up upfield and he manages to get it down. And ultimately, I feel like if we do move him on, the replacement doesn't need to be a like for like, but I think it does have some sort of physicality. I think Sekumar is relatively well built and, and quite quick and strong too. But I think that there needs to be someone who who can do something similar to that because ultimately around that striker might be players like Aribo, Mara, Adam Armstrong, who just aren't in that mould. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with you that probably is something in it. And if he moves on, he moves on and... We just need to be active in trying to replace him. And I think we, even if we don't replace him, we need another attacking player. Yeah, there's also rumours today of Jack Stevens going to, to Watford. I'm sure it's a loan or on a deal, but another, another one which probably would make sense to us and is with bombarded with almost average centre-backs. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I would still love us to get one more centre-back in, but we obviously Same. need to ship at least probably two of ours out already. Yeah. I think Benrek seems like the one that has the biggest resale value probably of anyone, you know, in the squad that may leave. There are players that we don't want to go that would garner a higher fee. I get that. But if we can get a decent fee for Benrek and yeah, Stevens moves on, then one more centre-back makes complete sense. We need cover in the full-back positions. And I think we touched on this even before the Spurs game. For all of the good signs we've had in terms of our new signings and investment, to still be persisting with some of these players that we ultimately know aren't good enough for this level. I would say we maybe need three to four more signings now. Yeah, I mean, would you think of any, any specific players you'd want or had to pick? It's, it's tough because I think if you think about Saints fans sort of clamouring for people that have experience in the league or are experienced, I'm thinking about attacking players that sort of fit that mould. And for me, there aren't many that would excite me. There really aren't. And it's, affordability, it's affordability as well, isn't it? For exactly. And it's, you know, it's someone's, people have obviously spoken about players like Emmanuel Dennis. Before he played for Watford last season and had an okay season, it, he hardly set the world alight. He had zero Premier League experience, right? There are, there are, I think, 
astute signings to be made that don't sort of fit that bill. Maybe the age profile specifically of a defensive player would give me a little bit more confidence. And you see the likes of, you know, Ben Mee, for instance, going to Brentford, who have had another really good summer in terms of their recruitment. That that profile of signing would have been, I think, great for us. Like Cody as well. Yeah. I just think, I don't know. I just think that ultimately those are players that we're, we're not really in the market for. And again, things like the Liam Delap rumour are resurfacing and slightly, I don't know, maybe less inspiring signings from abroad um, in terms of fullback cover. I, but see, I, the Delap one won't go away, will it? I mean, there was chat of him going to Stoke on loan, which hasn't happened. So it just seemed that maybe the cogs are still turning behind the scenes of that deal happening, whether it is a loan or a permanent deal. Don't see why. I know we've had all this from City with Zunu and Bavia buybacks. I don't know why they wouldn't do the, do the same with the lap. I know there's yeah. how hardy Rady is, but they've got Alvarez. They've got obviously got Haaland. He's not going to get really not going to get a look in, is he? For probably a couple of years. He, he has to that. be. Sorry, Sam. He has to be playing football, whether that's at Championship or or Premier League level, and potentially won't start for a Premier League side but he needs to be getting more minutes like the profile of player he is the excitement that's ultimately been around him for the last two to three years and it's interesting isn't it because the Burnley link is still there I think over a loan move we have loaned Nathan Teller to Burnley which maybe could work in our favour if we fancy a loan move for him Um, but I agree with you. It would just seem strange if, you know, if they genuinely believe there's a, a Premier League player in there and he may play for Man City in the future, just do a similar deal to what we've done with them with both Lavia and, and Bazzuno. Yeah, I think a fullback is obviously a must as well. One that could play either side would be perfect. I know we were linked with, is it, not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but Paul Larola from, um, yeah, yeah. from Marseille. It seems like he's going to go to Elchard. Yeah, he's going to Spain, isn't he? Yeah, and actually, kind of, I, I looked a little bit into that rumour and he's played decent amount of minutes wherever he's gone and I think he's relatively well-liked, you know, as a player by the managers he's played for. That that would be, a, I think, a smart signing. Maybe someone that doesn't immediately compete if we think about our first-choice fullbacks right now being Perraud and, and KWP. Was Perraud on the bench, by the way, on Saturday? No, he wasn't. No, it was just a strange one. Because as soon as he was, he did. Obviously, he was at Spurs. But he wasn't. Wasn't on Saturday. It's a strange one. Yeah, I don't know if he's had Lianco because Rao said Lianco was injured, and then all of a sudden Lianco was on the bench with Valerie. I mean, as much as you say about recruitment, Lianco still wants to win this signs of season. Yeah, I know. I know. Bizarre. No, he's a Twitter favorite, but I don't really get why we signed Instagram favorite now as well after he leaked the third kit. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think well then I could see one one player I could see coming in is probably Brandon Williams. Maybe it seems like a sign that would make sense. I know players people may turn their noses up at that, but he's a, he's a guy who can play both sides. He's got experience in the Premier League. I know he. I think he did okay for Norwich last season. Yeah, and would, we've been constantly linked with him over the past probably what, two to three years now. It seems to have been an on and off rumor. You do wonder whether, because it's been a bit more of a right back search as well, whether the Livermento recovery is not going as well as we would have liked. That's only me um, guessing. Yeah. 
maybe someone might have asked about it in the um, forum. I'm not sure it's the same thing. But yeah, I yeah. Wonder, wonder, wonder whether that might be happening. We can go into the fans forum a little bit before we preview uh, the Leicester game on Saturday, Sam. What what for, for you were the main talking points here? Other than the fact about Ralph saying we were shit at Brunford, which we enjoyed. I know we had quite a tough time of getting, getting impressions that night, but I quite enjoy that because, yeah, that, that was shit. I won't, I won't that was one of the worst. I think one of the worst games of the season, perhaps, in terms of the performance. I mean, Ralph yeah, that, saying we're shit. That, you, that you, you, yeah. I mean, Ralph, you were also shit. <laughs> Although, then, at least we're now not the worst team to play at Brentford this this calendar year. So, very true, man. Very um, true. Um, in terms of the fans' forum, wasn't. I think there needs to be longer because, especially now, we're bringing in Marianne Space Kale. Yeah, this team as well. You sort of got almost too many cooks there for an hour. Especially there's quite a lot of people who want to ask questions. I imagine there are people there who didn't get to ask any questions. Also, you get people asking rubbish questions, which you know, weren't any specific ones, but there are a few ones I'll just find you bothered. JWP's testimonial? The guy's 27. I mean, get a grip. He, would, he might have one in, in another 10 years, maybe. Don't waste time asking questions. By the um, way, just quickly on JWP, Sam, how good was that little flick that he did and then that half-volleyed pass over to KWP? Oh, sensational. Also, his finish at Spurs is great as well. I know he wants to score more goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read somewhere that he had six touches in the opposition box against Spurs. I don't think he was quite as advanced against Leeds, but in the whole, maybe in the last 10 games of the season, he had five touches in total in the opposition box. Really? Yeah, mad stat. So I, I hope that Lavia is going to unlock potentially more goals because it's kind of been a weird one throughout his career in that ultimately most of his goals always come from either the penalty spot or a free kick and someone speaking that can strike the ball that well. That free, that free kick at the end of Saturday, Melier was, he was probably worried he could tell. I mean, it was a fair distance out, but yeah, I think that now that he's done these different free kicks, did the one at Wolves, which is sensational one at Brighton where he went across yeah. to keep low he's just got so many ones in his locker now I think keeping is so they had to scramble they don't know how to set up a wall or set themselves up with his three kicks it's just yeah it's, it's good to see but um, yeah for the, for the rest of the band's forum I'm sure too much came out of it I mean I think it's quite hard to I mean I don't know what people are expecting like no one they don't want to come out and just go oh get our list of players out, oh, all this like him, 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 him. It's not going to happen. But I mean, they said we're still active in the window, which is probably enough for me at the moment. I, I know it's the most impatient time for fans at the transfer window. There's more signs now, but as long as we get the right ones in before the end of the window, maybe the right, maybe three more players than, and also players out as well, like missing from the squad on Saturday, like Biala and Redmond, it seems like maybe they're on their way out. Walcott. Maybe one of the maybe one or two of the centre backs. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing about it for me is, I don't think just doing it in and of itself is worthy of praise. And maybe those around the club think that it is. You know, not many clubs do this. So let's speak as a united club in terms of Simmons, Ralph, Toby Steele, etc. And I think it was. Yeah, great to have representation in terms of women's football, which I'm excited about. 
yeah, that going into the new season. But ultimately, if you give sort of PR-shaped, Comsy-style answers, which Simmons, I think, has a tendency to do, then you don't get loads from it. So I don't know. I think, like you say, I think there's more depth and potentially not necessarily questions are are vetted from the Saints side, but vetted in terms of like, make sure we're making use of this time here to ask genuinely interesting questions, whether that's to Ralph or Simmons, whoever, or make it longer and you've got time to kind of flesh stuff out properly. I think that would would improve it somewhat. So yeah, I don't know. It's kind of it is what it is. Nothing loads exciting from it. Um and I don't think, you know, fans get loads out of it personally. There was the question I think about a fan going home and away to 38 games a season. Didn't Simmons say something on the lines of, you know, I do that too, miss my kids. And it's your job though, mate, isn't it? That's yeah, a job, I mean, isn't it? I mean, the amount, I, was, I, don't, I didn't get to that many games last season. I went to a fair few. We're spending thousands of pounds. I mean, someone's been paid thousands of pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a big distinction. go to the games, yeah. Probably a little bit of a low par on his, I'm sure it was malicious in his, in his words, but a bit of a yeah. par maybe. We said the letter last week from to, to the fans didn't go down too well about the New restrictions in the inch of north to block one and two about having the 25% less capacity due to antisocial behaviour. I know they brought in these new laws this season because of what happened in games at the end of last season, like Everton pitch invasions like that. Yeah, so yeah I, don't, I don't think that went down too well. I, know, I think it was in the club when they sent the email out, should have explained it. it wasn't a club, it wasn't a club message, it was almost like a, a wide message. So what do they what do they anticipate the reduced capacity is going to help? I think it's just to try and I think it's just almost a deterrent because I think instead of it the anti-social behaviour continues, you know, I think a lot of it's down to having home away fans at home in any way, which isn't down to the fans in itching or down to the club letting away fans instead of terms. Yeah, areas and also, you know, I know we said off off pod earlier about the amount of Leeds fans that are in the home end of the weekend. I mean, it happens at this game, and not so much where I am, just full of seeing ticket holders in the northern stand. But around the ground, though, it's, it's just so blatant. Yeah, yeah. Well, I said to you, there was someone sat not too far away who was joining in with all of the Leeds songs and celebrated both goals. You know, and just a joke then, I think, for the club to respond and almost maybe turn this into a, a Saints problem, <laughs> you know, or a, or a, I mean by that, like a Saints fan problem. You know, that that's probably, I think, how the communication felt in both the fans forum and the, the email that was sent. It does seem we cater a lot to away fans. I mean, we give them, I think it's 3,300 tickets, which is a much bigger allocation than what it used to be. Used to be just over three thousand, and I think we can possibly one of the biggest away allocations in the league. We think we're not we're not anywhere near one of the biggest crowds in the league. But our allocation is up there with the biggest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, and they 
they don't do anything. The stewards don't do anything to tell the the, the, the away fans to sit down. That's the itchy north, and I mean, yeah, it's catered far too much for away fans. Yeah, in yeah. the away and under. Yeah, it shouldn't be the case. Two things I want to talk to you about, Sam, before we wrap up, because I think it's been a really good conversation, but we are getting on for time here. So the player unrest article that broke last week in the mail by what would be considered pretty reputable journalists. I mean, it is the Daily Mail, but I think the it's Adrian, I forget his surname, Kajumba. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's been pretty close to the pulse on all things Saints, I'd say, over the last kind of 18 to 24 months. It does appear like something's been leaked. And it's a really interesting one because I'm kind of at, at pains to believe it. I think we spoke again in the week about how you can see signs where that could easily be the case. There does seem to be a real lack of a connection between Ralph and the players that there probably used to be him supporting them in post-match comments, etc. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, there's no, there's no really smoke about fire in this sort of thing. They haven't just got together, Adrian and the two, the two journalists, and thought, oh, we'll stick this out for a laugh as an exclusive. They've clearly been given information from reputable sources, sources they think are reputable. They've printed this article. It's um, not a biggest, big surprise to me. They've, Players, there's been fallouts since the players since Ralph's been there. There was that weird situation with Brian Bertrand a few years ago. There was Adams over Adams over preseason. Adams not starting games. Cedric, and that maybe, maybe Cedric as well. There's been there's been fallout. Ralph's had Ralph's definitely had fallouts with players. I don't, yeah. Bro, I don't think him and Broge were in great terms at the end either. Quite telling that he didn't thank him his goodbye message and thank the fans and the club and not the manager. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, but yeah, it's not it's not good to read. I mean, all of a sudden I'm getting messages from non-Saints fans about because <laughs> they've read it, they've read it in the national newspaper that there's a bit of unrest in the squad. And yeah, it, it's not a good look. And it, it does pile pressure on it, it piles external pressure on the manager for sure. Yeah. Ralph was pretty defiant in his comments after the game and said ultimately these players have shown that we, there is a togetherness and spirit here but as you say I don't think there's there's no smoke without fire is it probably the just the the most fitting uh analogy here in the sense that I really wouldn't be surprised but I would also cast some doubt on the fairness of the source given it would be likely to be someone who has fallen out with Ralph themselves and maybe isn't even in the first team picture any longer. Perhaps a Redmond, you know, someone of that ilk who ultimately their future is away from the club and they sort of have a, yeah, a slight grudge potentially against Hassan Hill. Samuel, previewing the Leicester game, Leicester have picked up the same amount of points um, from their opening two fixtures. They conceded the same amount of goals as well as us, scoring yeah. one more in the process. How do we see this going? The funny one, Leicester, aren't they, this summer? It seems like they won't, 
almost the noise around them makes you think, oh, they're in turmoil, but they've still got some bloody good players. I mean, I Madison and Tino have opened link with moves away, as has Fafana. I, think, I, I personally think Fafana may, may end up going. Could be wrong. It just seems like Chelsea will probably come in with a bit, bit big enough for them to sell. Then they could just sort of do what they do and maybe bring someone else in that similar ilk and replace it. I mean, I know they've not done too well with their recruitment over the last years. They're buying, they're buying two of our defenders didn't help, didn't help that. And they were linked with McCarthy as well. I think they've solved and, that third keeper spot. Bednarek, and Bednarek, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really tough game. We've, we've had a relatively good record of King Power I mean, up until the last maybe year, a couple of years. I think mean, we, we lost the last two there. But other than that, we've got a relatively good record there. But players they've got, they've got some really good players. I mean, like Harvey Barnes is excellent. Vardy, obviously, we know all about him. But there's a bit, of, there's a bit of um, maybe a bit of unrest there. I mean, losing your your, your best goal, your goalkeeper and captain, club legend within about four, three, four days of the season is a really weird one. Danny Ward's not done much to allay really that unrest. In the yeah. first couple of games, I mean, he made a couple of howlers at the weekend. To, to Jack has goal, but he just fumbled it. Which is yeah, bizarre goalkeeping. It's a game that it's going to be very, very tough. But again, it's one you've got to look at. I think you can go there and win. We can go there and win, but it's going to be very, very tough. Yeah, I would agree. I don't see us getting three points, but potentially picking up a point. I think we have to, based on what we saw in the last 20 minutes on Saturday, start with that typical 4-2-2-2. Two, two, two. In terms of personnel, I think the four attacking players I want to see are Mara, Adams, Stuart Armstrong, left side, Arebo, right side, would be my preference. But I wouldn't be averse to starting Adam Armstrong either for Adams or potentially for Stuart Armstrong on the left. I think it might just leave us slightly too attacking in that fixture. Hopefully Perraud is back in the fold, but I can probably see Gineppo again starting left back. I would prefer to see Salisu partnered with better Kotchap and then the rest of the, the team sort of picks itself. I think that gives us a much better chance of, of going there and ultimately scoring. Might leave us slightly vulnerable in transition with the likes of Barnes and Madison and Vardy. But yeah, it's a really weird one, Leicester, at the minute. I, I didn't quite grasp the financial situation that they, they're in in that they haven't really got much money to spend and will need to sell to buy. And their 11 might be different to what we saw against Arsenal on Saturday because, as you say, there's three pretty integral cogs to that 11 that are linked with moves away. Yeah, they're a really good side. And they're probably where we would, would they're the sort of hub where we would like to be where they are. They're a very similar sort of side, similar with Brown, etc. But they've really kicked on the last few years. Disregarding the obviously the amazing that they won the league, I think since then since Rogers has been there, I think Rogers is a really good manager. Obviously, we've got a really solid side. Probably should have qualified. Probably should have, should have qualified for the Champions League. Won the FA Cup. Maybe they, maybe it's getting a bit. Maybe some of the um, they all thought maybe, maybe there's not much more we can do there. Some other players. Maybe they want to move on. I'm not really too sure. 
yeah, it's going to be a really tough game. We do very well to kick anything up there. But I mean, but sure, he's got better in the last game than the last season. Yeah. Fair enough, Sammy. I think that's a, a very good uh, conversation on all things that's happened at Saints over the last couple of weeks. We, little announcement for listeners, we might be changing how we do this in that we're thinking of moving to a weekly pod, slightly shorter. So yeah, we'll probably break this in half given this pod we've just recorded is around an hour. So stay tuned and yeah, listen out on Twitter if we're releasing an episode a week. But I think that's the plan moving forward so we can give full debriefs on the game just gone um, and keep up to date with all the latest goings on. There are, what, two weeks left of the transfer window, so I can assume that there'll be some movement both in terms of outgoings and incomings at Saints. We've got some big fixtures coming up. So after Leicester, it's United at home, then Cambridge. Um, Cambridge is before United, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Got my tickets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. I'm assuming... That can't be a ground you've ever been to, Sam. First, I think it's the first time we've ever played Cambridge. So yeah, yeah, I think it is. What night is it? Is it the Tuesday or the Wednesday? Tuesday night. Nice. Good stuff. Well, we may well speak before, Sam, given our our uh, yeah time of pods will change or cadence of pods might change to weekly. Um, but enjoy Leicester. Are you off to the King Power? No, no, I'm, I'm working, unfortunately, but... Been there plenty of times, so. Nice. I am going, which I'm looking forward to. There is a a train strike that day. Yeah, it's slightly frustrating. Solidarity to those striking, um, as ever. But I will be on the National Express coach, riding in in style uh, from London to to Leicester. Fingers crossed, we can pick up something there. Sam, any final words for the listener? No, no, nothing. Looking forward to. Hopefully, maybe a bit more positive next week with a win, but. So. you'll only be positive once we've got a new man in the dugout I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> alright listener thanks for staying the course and we will speak to you all soon